0: Chapter 51 of the Story of the Thirteen Colonies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lois Beechey Yoder, Charlotte, North Carolina. The Story of the Thirteen Colonies by H. A. Gerber. Washington's Boyhood. As you are going to hear a great deal about Washington, it will interest you to learn something of his family and his youth. Two Washington brothers came over from England to Virginia about the year 1657 and settled near the Potomac River. Augustine Washington, the grandson of one of these men, married twice and had in all 10 children. His eldest son, by his second wife, was born on February twenty-second, 1732, and named George. Shortly after his birth, the family went to live on the Rappahannock River, and there George spent his early childhood. He was a fearless, strong, hot-tempered little lad, but having good parents was even then taught to control his passions. As he is the greatest man in our history, Many stories, true and untrue, are told about him. Perhaps the most famous is about his new hatchet. We are told that Father Washington planted young cherry trees in his garden. He visited them daily to see how they throve, and was very angry when he saw one day that a favorite tree was badly hacked. On all Virginia plantations there were many Negro children always running about. Thinking one of these had done the mischief, Augustine was about to punish him when his little son stopped him saying father I cannot tell a lie. I did it with my little hatchet Washington was sent to a small school nearby and his blank books which can still be seen Show what a careful painstaking student. He was in one of these books. He copied a set of rules for good behavior which he even then tried to put into practice and of which the last two were, let your recreations be manful, not sinful, and labor to keep alive in your breast that little spark of celestial life called conscience. When Washington was only 12, his father died, leaving an estate to each of his sons. The care of the six younger children and of their property was left to his wife, a good and very sensible woman. She was very strict and brought up her children so carefully that they all filled well their places in life. Indeed, her eldest son, George, like most truly great men, often said that he owed his mother more than words could ever tell. Washington was always fond of all athletic exercises and as a lad delighted in riding the wildest horses on the plantation. Among these there was one young colt of such a fiery temper that no one was allowed to mount him. One day the temptation to do so became too strong for George, and he suddenly sprang upon the horse's back. The colt tried to throw him off, and failing to do so, dashed off at such a rate that he burst a blood vessel and fell down dead. Washington, dismayed at the result of his disobedience, went silently home. At table his mother asked her her guests if they had seen her beautiful young horse, "'covered with blushes, for he was always modest and reserved, "'Washington now confessed what he had done. "'Although Mrs. Washington keenly regretted the death of the colt, "'she showed no anger, but quietly said, "'It is well, but while I regret the loss of my favourite, "'I rejoice in my son, who always tells the truth. "'She was so fond of this son "'that when one of his half-brothers wanted him to serve in the British Navy,' She refused to let him go. As soon as Washington had finished school, he went to live with this brother at Mount Vernon, where he learned to know all the people around there and among others, Lord Fairfax. This nobleman owned great tracts of land in the valleys of the Allegheny Mountains. And as they had never been surveyed, he hired young George to do the work. This was a very hard task and the 17 year old Washington was Often, for days at a time, far away from any settlement, forced to depend upon hunting for food, and obliged to sleep out in the open air, these hardships, however, only made him strong and self-reliant and When he came back to his home from time to time, he doubly enjoyed the amusements of the young people and danced gaily, a pastime of which he was always fond. It was probably during one of these surveying expeditions that Washington first visited the Natural Bridge in Virginia. Here he showed his athletic skill by tossing a coin on top of it when standing almost directly under it. We are also told that he scaled the rocks, which were then free from any except nature's marks, and reaching a high point, carved his name in the stone. For years Washington's name is said to have stood there on the rocks as far above all the rest as is his worth compared with that of other men. But a young man once climbed up there to carve his name above Washington's, an act of presumption for which one scorns him. He went up so far that he could not come down again, but had to climb higher and higher, and at last be drawn to the top with a rope. End of chapter 51.